It's clear in minus 24 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. It's back to school tomorrow for Alberta students who have had an extended winter break. But school districts are concerned about whether or not there will be enough teachers available to work this week as Omicron cases surge across the province. Education Minister Adriana LaGrange confirmed last week that schools will open on Monday, but said school districts can stay flexible and transition individual classes to online learning if there are staff shortages. Schools are expecting rapid tests and medical grade masks to arrive this week for students and staff. RCMP are reminding drivers to watch for pedestrians. Details next, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I am flying over in the northwest, just off by McMahon Stadium at Crowchild Trail at 24th Avenue. Now, there has been ongoing construction in this area, but right now, I don't see any pylons on the road. They're all off to the side, but it is going to be an active construction zone throughout the year. Getting your flu shot at the pharmacy? Help protect yourself against pneumococcal pneumonia at the same time. Ask if Prevnar 13 is right for you. Learn more at Prevnar.ca. From the 770CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Alberta RCMP is telling drivers and pedestrians to be aware in intersections. Police tell drivers to obey traffic signs and signals and to yield to pedestrians and to not turn until they have cleared the crosswalk. Sergeant Darren Turnbull also says to always remember the right-of-way rule with three or four-way stops. It might be an intersection that you, a rural intersection that you drive through um, all the time and Never any other traffic. And then that one time when you're not paying attention and you don't stop at the stop sign, you could have tragic results. For pedestrians, Turnbull says to always stay alert and be seen by making eye contact with drivers. A First Nation in Alberta says it's struggling to take control over its child welfare services because the provincial government isn't recognizing a new law passed with the help of federal legislation. The Louis Bull Tribe had its own law recognized under Bill C-92 three months ago. The tribe has requested to have all cases involving their children and families transferred over to them, but says the province isn't cooperating. Indigenous Services Minister Patty Haidu says she's in talks with Alberta and the community, and those talks are still ongoing. It will be a standstill if, you know, Alberta is resolute in their opposition to this. And then I think we'll look at every additional tool that we can use to support that self-determination that Indigenous people have the right to. Haidu says she will be speaking with Alberta's Children's Services Minister in the next few weeks. Britain's future queen is celebrating a milestone today as Kate Middleton turns 40. Royal experts say the commoner-turned-Duchess of Cambridge has emerged as the reliable royal at a time when the monarchy is facing controversies like Prince Harry and Meghan's departure and sex abuse allegations against Prince Andrew. Kate has garnered praise for her personal involvement in a variety of charities, with one biographer describing her as gutsy and self-assured, a person aware of her strengths. Taking a look at sports, only two games in the NHL today with no Canadian teams in action. The Dallas Stars play the second game of a back-to-back when they face the St. Louis Blues in a matinee, and the Anaheim Ducks host the Detroit Red Wings in the late game. In the NBA, the Toronto Raptors dispatched the Utah Jazz to make it five wins in a row in their last timeout, and the New Orleans Pelicans now stand in the way of number six. The Raps continue their three-game homestand at Scotiabank Arena today. Global News Sky Tracker weather, a mix of sun and cloud, reaching a high of minus one today, 
with a wind chill of minus 29 this morning and minus 7 this afternoon. A few clouds overnight with a low of minus 3 and sunshine and 5 degrees tomorrow. It's minus 24 at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Last week I did state I wasn't going to be here. I guess I got too excited about maybe being away. So, But I am here today, but I will be gone for the next two weeks. And our good friends up in Edmonton will be broadcasting over the Calgary Airwaves with their gardening show. And that's their, they're from the Greenland Garden Center. So if you're ever up there, it's a great garden center. So go check it out. There's lots of good ones up there. So interesting when you're when you're in the garden business, you tend to do that when you travel around. You you always end up in a garden center somewhere, and uh, so it's always fun. But great restaurant up there too in the garden center. So they've taken it to the next level. They've done a nice job. Um, today we have a good show. Jen, of course, is going to join me, and she is from Spruce It Up, and we also have Jenny um, Purcell. She is from the Bonsai Society. So we're going to chat with her at 10.05 and uh, give us some insights on what the Bonsai Society does here in Calgary. So that's a popular plant that is uh, it, it, it's great because they are not they don't take up a lot of room. So we'll, we'll chat with Jenny on, on that. Jenny Purcell is going to join us and we'll, we'll chat all about Bonsais. And uh, they're one that... Uh, they're a, they're a slow-going plant that uh, – so it should be interesting, though. We're going to – out of the deep freeze coming up this week. So um, the, with this melting, if you see any bare patches underneath your spruce trees or, or up along the house or anything where you think some moisture might be needed, it's a great time to take a bit of that snow, push it up against underneath those spruce trees – um, they'll totally like it then when it just melts into them nice and slow. The moisture will be there for early spring. So a little bit of snow farming this week. If you're looking for something to do to get outside, get some of that valuable val- vitamin D into you. And it's going to be plus five, six, seven sort of all week. So um, that should be a great week here in Calgary. So um, get out and enjoy it and do something for your trees. Um, and again, when we get back in in January, <clears throat> at the end of January, first week in February, we're going to have Myrna Pierman back on. We're going to do another big bird segment and probably do a whole show on it almost. It seems to, when we have Myrna on, it's, we're able to almost do up a whole area or cover a whole two hours on that topic. It's very popular. So... And lots of birds will come out of hiding, um, I would think, next week. And uh, so interesting. I follow a couple of bird things on Instagram and a couple things. Um, there's, it's interesting. A lot of people seeing some blue jays this time of year, and they just stand out really nicely when we get that heavy frost on the trees. And that it's pretty cool seeing a blue jay or some of the different birds. So if you are feeding them, um, hey, share some of your pictures with, uh, with us here on let's talk gardening and just got a quick text good morning when will your packs of seeds be available they are available now we um we had our good friends at west coast um they brought in the full selection 
So we're really well stocked on the seeds and grower supplies are starting to come in. And our other supplier, Pacific West, <coughs> again, we, we've, we've stuck with Western Canadian high-quality seed companies. Um, and, I, and I really believe in them. Um, I get you a good quality seed. Those will be arriving next week. So we'll have our, our, our next selection of those will be in. But the West Coast, great, great seed company. They are in stock now. Um, they were in restocking us the, the other day. So we're, we're ready to go. And then, like I said, we're getting all our grower supplies out. So pretty much ready to go. Flipping from Christmas, we still have a bit of Christmas stuff out. I'm packing it up and some of it on sale as well. So if you get in there, you're looking for that snow globe or that Santa that you missed out. Our buy more, save more sales still on, so you're good to go. And I think Jen is on the line. So we're going to bring Jen up right now. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. I'm I'm happy about the warmer weather. I can tell you that. No kidding. And I think your dogs will like it too, right? <laughs> I know they haven't been walked in. I don't know. I don't know how long. But <laughs> well, I know, I've seen them strolling around the garden center a couple times inside the greenhouse. I think they kind of like that. That's so what we thought. Yeah, that's thought they were on vacation. Yeah. Well, a lot of the dogs that are coming in, I know uh, customers are just happy to kind of. They look for plants too, but they bring their dogs along. It's just been been chilly so it's been fun to have them in here but it'll be nice to get back out yeah there was a cute little one in there the other day it ended up on our instagram the little uh yeah i can't remember what it was my daughter I... jaden was all excited about it she was uh, <laughs> super cute it, so yeah, yeah love and if you do bring your dogs just ensure that they're well behaved and they're not jumping mm -hmm. all over everybody and stuff like otherwise we're, we're we love when people bring their pets in we've even had cats Yep. What else did we have this year? Wait. Oh, this year? I don't know. I was thinking last Christmas we had a bunny. It was yeah. a rescue bunny that she's had for a while. Um, oh, oh no, that's chicken. chicken we had the cat. hairless cat. Yep, that's chicken. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good... I didn't really realize what the name... Now I just, I just clicked. You got chicken. it? <laughs> looks like a chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah, chicken so has the best outfits, too. If you ever see the hairless cat, um, I don't I can't remember her owner's name, but uh, yeah, super cute. Super cute. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, lots of different dogs, and we do like to get their picture, so if you don't mind... Uh, one of the one of the spruce it up uh, teammates will be around there, uh, probably clicking a picture of you with you. And we always ask, obviously. We're so bad. We... Yeah, I know we do. We ask for sure, but it's it's so funny. All of us, but as you've mentioned before too, right? With all the staff, as soon as we hear that there's some pet in the store, off we go. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to gather everybody up quickly. It gets <laughs> word gets around pretty quick. And jingle a collar. Anyways, yeah. Anyhow. Um. So lots of lots of stuff going on. We're we're in the big transition down at the Garden Center Gym. Yep, I know, and it's so fantastic. I know we, you and I, were talking yesterday. With I was just showing, I was showing off all the pots that you ordered because <laughs> I'm like, look at this one, look at the color, look at the. It's. I think I feel like we have some fresher, newer stuff than we've had in a while, and it's uh, it's really nice and bright and springy, and love it. Yeah, no, I, I love the new supplier we got coming. Um, they're unpacking right now. Lori, 
Um, she's our receiving manager. She's doing a great job. Good to have her back. She was on a little vacation mm-hmm. over the Christmas time. So she's back, starting to receive everything. And then, of course, Suzanne, the merchandising manager, she's just uh, she's just uh, super excited. <laughs> she's a busy bee. She's all over the place. And, uh, yeah, like you, were, I heard you mention um, that we're flipping the store and there's a little bit of Christmas left, but it's fantastic. It's fantastic watching Suzanne work that way when she flips the store. It's really cool. And, but it's so good. Like she studies all the different colors, the trends, the the mm-hmm. things. I think she spends uh, when she's not at Spruce. She spends the other time on uh, on uh, what's that? Uh, on Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest and yeah. uh, all the designer sites. And but it is neat because that's the the stuff we're, we're receiving now. Yeah. Is this is the product that we seen in at the Vegas show, and that's where. My wife Carolyn, Suzanne, and I were down in Vegas. We went down to the show. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to see it sort of six months later, it shows up, and you just think, wow, that was good, right? And I'd say. I'd say you guys so, made some great selections. Yeah, so we're excited about that stuff coming in and uh, and, and some bunch of new stuff. Um, we've really tried to work hard. The supply chain is going to be difficult this year. Mm-hmm. So if you do see stuff you like, I do recommend get it. Um, I'm not trying to be a fear buyer or some pusher no, like that. Of but just reality, it's we just had a big container get canceled on some of our grower supplies. We're lucky that we have another local guy that um, is supplying us. And plus we had stuff that cause we had bought extra last year. So mm-hmm. we're going to have grower supplies. But our can just got canceled, one of them overseas. It was just... The delay oh. was going to say was wasn't going to come till April or something. It's just too late. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, there's such a narrow window. But I find that anyway around here with our store, just because we're not, you know, we don't just have a, an item and it's out, so we just keep ordering. Unless it's of course soil, but in terms of the products that people see, you know, whether it be a plot or a, an item, a decor item in your house. I know a lot of people come back and it's gone and then we don't just reorder those ones and it's not, it's just, we like to keep things fresh and novel and I agree. I think regardless, if you see something you really like, um, get it and try it and uh, see how it fits in your home so that you don't miss out. Absolutely. We, um, um, and speaking of that, we got lots of local vendors in the store too. We have, um, oh God. (laughs) She does the the <laughs> okay. bird wreaths and all that. Tanya, Tanya, yeah. Uh, um, she's uh, a hardworking gal. Her and her daughter build these uh, these wreaths and different mm-hmm. things, and the the burnt spoons where you'll see the different phrases on them. She 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 etches them. She does so many great products and bird houses as well. And then we have Victor and his his partner out there. He's building us some of the funny. Um, birdhouses, but very functional birdhouses. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Anna has found a, another local soap person that we're going to get in. So we do try to support local wherever possible. And uh, so that, that's exciting, too, when you get into these harder times. And mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the local people are really stepping up with some great new products. So wherever possible, we, we definitely um, we support our local um artisans where where we can if it fits within our our categories and and things like that so it's nice when we can partner with with those people as well yep well and as you did with the christmas trees i'm very proud to work for a business that 
I thought that was really cool that you did that this year, and it uh, it worked out really well. No, it couldn't, couldn't have been better. They were super happy. We were super happy. It worked out great. Mm-hmm. They sold more trees than they had before, and we did. And I actually got a text um, from one of our from one of our um, uh, clients about his Christmas tree, Pat, and uh, he calls in and he actually makes some of the best bread. And oh yeah, had any for a while. So he just oh. texted me. He said, "Great looking tree, no needles, just starting to drop after five year after five weeks." Happy New Year! <laughs> so it's good when we get the feedback like that. So absolutely, um, that's cool. Yeah, they they weren't the perfect sheared Fraser. These were Western Canadian Christmas trees, and once I seen them decorated, I know we had quite a few people share on social media. They're awesome looking trees. Like I, Brad and I were talking the other day, and we just said like, we're definitely going to be bringing a bunch more of those in again. I thought it was great, and uh, so awesome. I, I think that's a, it's a it's a different thing, but it it, it worked out so well for everybody. So yeah, absolutely, super cool. And something that needs to work out, we need to take a break. We've got to run some commercials. And when we get back, you can join us, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's trusted year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I do have Jen Lemire with me. And Hello. Jen is the manager in the greenhouse, and her and her team keep the all the tropical plants and the, and the store because they always chip in wherever else they're needed um, and keep it looking nice and fresh and... And lots of great plants. And so what's anything exciting in? I know we have a bunch of stuff coming in next week, but what's looking really good? I've seen a couple people. One guy was threatening to um, thaw out his Visa card because he's seen one of our posts on Instagram. He goes, oh, oh my really? God. Yeah. yeah. He goes, "Can I? do I have to wait till? Will, will there be the one Friday or do I need to thaw out my Visa? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, some of the stuff we... Let me see. Let, some of the fun stuff that we've had lately, it's gone now, so sorry to anybody who wanted it, but we had a beautiful ginger that we plant that we put out front in the store. I think you saw that, Merle. We had that yep. all cleaned up, and so that left pretty quickly. Lately, the crotons have been staying in the... I, we do have a like a hot pocket in the greenhouse, and um, it's kind of fun. Ironically, I kind of moved plants out of there because I thought that it would be the cold spot, but it's really not. The crotons were there, and so we put them up front because those guys were growing like crazy, also where the ginger was. And so the crotons have been looking beautiful. We've, Jess has been clean, keeping them nice and shiny, and so somebody grabbed one of those yesterday. I know the um, the ficus, the rubber plants have been going a lady a customer bought one in a six inch pot and put it in a one of our new pots and then her friend after i planted it and i brought it up front her friend came running back to go get the same thing because she's like i need to have <laughs> one too it was so cute but uh so that that was kind of one of the i don't know all of our plants are looking so fantastic but in particular those are the ones i'm finding that um people have been um looking at and and uh and picking up so the crotons, I'd say, are right now my favorite. They're right in the front. As soon as you come into the new Trop House, right by our potting station, they're colorful. The leaves are big. Um, some of them are kind of twirly. So 
that's that's something. And there's that's- a bunch of those philodendrons that you get. I know we were potting up and transplanting there last week. They look so good. Like they just because once they get a little bit bigger from that four and six inch and they up into a bigger pot, True. some of those plants come into their own fruition and they just start looking super nice so it's totally uh, true yeah and in fact and now that you mention it too the hindu rope um hoya jess has been working on those guys so we have a bunch of those and kind of fresh for you as well awesome and then the week of the 18th we have a good shipment of citrus arriving so we're going to be having our lemons and limes and kalamandan mm-hmm. oranges okay so wait. yeah so that week of the 18th that stuff will be arriving, so looking forward to that. And also, I know this week coming up, we have uh, some bigger plants coming in. I know Jess did a, a larger order of some 10-inch stuff. The weather was good. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes when we are bringing them from our other greenhouses that grow and stuff for us, just to transportation. So we try to ensure, and I know Jess, when she was doing some of the when she seen the weather breaking, and she was pretty excited about putting in a bigger order, so um, so <laughs> yeah. that was that that was exciting for her and for us. So we have a bunch of uh, larger ten-inch stuff coming in as well. So look yeah, for that. That's one of the things too. I've been looking at kind of what what people want. What do people want in their homes? What's great for newer uh, plant buyers as well? And that is the bigger plants because they're more established. They're harder to damage, you know, with care yeah. when you overlove them. So that's that's awesome that they were getting some more in because I know people just they want that statement piece in the corner or in their dining room or whatever. And it like can you be a piece of furniture, like oh, honestly, totally. yeah, like it's decor. Like I have that shark fin one, and I love it. Like it, I put it into a really <laughs> nice white pot in with the legs. You haven't talked about it, it in a while. How's it? Doing? I know it's just it's doing phenomenal. Oh, good. I was I was just actually upstairs <laughs> getting ready to water and just look at some of the stuff before we take off. And it's uh, it's just doing – but like you said, it's a statement. And I went with mm-hmm. a white pot with that. And it, it is amazing how it looks like a shark, like the <laughs> the skin of there a shark. It like it's, there it is. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. It looks like a fin. Like I just so – It's pretty anyways, rad. It's pretty excited. Yeah. Um, but they become they, – they, they are decor pieces. And a plant like that, you put it into a – into a 18 or 24 inch pot like it's there for years like mm-hmm. it doesn't and uh look after it and they just grow they do their thing nothing so, crazy tell us how did you are you staking it so it's climbing up or are you letting it do its thing or where is it at with that i'm sort of doing half and half um okay. actually carolyn <laughs> has stuck in a couple stakes into it okay. to stand it up yeah. Um, I do have a split leaf monster right beside it, and we did stake that one up, and we it's it's almost like six feet tall now, and what? and go yeah because memory oh. was only like three or four when I, I had did. it in that yes what? and now you have the, to show us pictures Merle yeah it's uh it just went up like crazy since we put it into that bigger pot cool and uh, which is exciting and and like I said the shark fin. It's sort of the front half, we left it sort of oozing over the pot, and mm-hmm. then the back half, we have it going up. So it's kind of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, that sounds really well, cool. Yeah. And uh, I did get one of those Thai constellation. It has 
Forest <laughs> leaf coming out now, so excited about that. So we got a great little room upstairs. It's sort of our TV room and where we hang out a bit, and it's turned it into our plant room. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, and even Derek, my son, he has a couple plants up in his room, and Jaden brought home a bunch of plants. So it's kind of neat. The the whole family is starting to get into the plant thing even more, yeah. uh, even though we're around plants all day. Um, so it, wow. it, that makes it lots of fun. So Good for you. Yeah, it's good yeah. for you. Got a nice little text here. We got a really nice influx of common red poles this year. Lots in my yard. Don't get to see them every year, So, which is kind of cool. And just speaking back wow. of birds, so um, so kind of cool that uh, when we get to see, and that, that's the nice thing, like I said, if you do want to text or call, you can call us at 403-974-8255, and, uh, and we can definitely have a look at, at your pictures or answer mm-hmm. any of your questions that you might have. And I got to take a break here for the news. And like I said, if you want to give us a shout after that, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's partly cloudy and minus 23 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Megan Cobb. Alberta kids are heading back to in-class learning tomorrow. Education Minister Adriana LaGrange confirmed last week schools will be open on Monday, but said school districts can stay flexible and transition individual classes to online learning if there are staff shortages. Meanwhile, as the province has announced over 40,000 active cases, Alberta Health Services has launched a new website to help manage COVID-19 symptoms at home. It outlines when to get tested and how to provide effective care for yourself or a family member. You can access the resource at ahs.ca slash COVID self-care. A mix of sun and cloud and minus one today, clouds and minus five overnight, sunny and five degrees tomorrow. It's minus 23. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire. And it is January the 9th, and we're going to be warming up a little bit today, which is kind of nice. Mine is 22 right now, but going up to, I think, what, mine is 10 or something, but plus 5, 6, 7 all week. Can't believe it. Thank thank goodness. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, absolutely. And. uh and this again, uh, a little thank you to the Atco boys for mm-hmm. bringing us that little pipeline in and yeah. <laughs> bringing us some natural gas this year. No kidding, yeah, very great. That last couple of weeks, it sure made a difference. Like, and and I'm not not trying to badmouth the propane guys in any way. If you're stuck with propane, that it is what it is. Um, but it, I didn't realize how jelly, like the 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 propane will get in your tank. Um, and it makes it really hard to push through the pipe and that, and mm-hmm. it's really hard on your heaters. They don't run that well. Um, so we end up strapping a couple of belly heaters to the bottom of our tank and cause we're, <laughs> we were out in the city. Like when we started Spruce It Up, we were just at the edge of the city, but now we're in the middle of the city almost. It feels yeah. like Yep. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting surrounded, eh? We are getting surrounded. Kind of fun though. 
Not yeah, there's lie. lots of neat stuff across the street there at that township. Yeah. And I know that brings a lot of people heading south on McLeod Trail to come visit us. The new ring road's open. So if you live out in that Glengarry, West Hills, um, anything up that way, all the way up to uh, Rocky Ridge or Royal Oak, you just get on the old ring road and the zooms you right out to, sp- yeah, out to spruce it up. And uh, it's it's a nice it, it is a nice road like they have done a good job like it's nice and wide, three four lanes it, it, it and it's you go from the twenty two X and before you know it like you're at West Hills and like it seems like ten minutes so that's nuts that's just nuts but I have heard that yeah. from customers coming down you know they they feel like they can get here so they they're coming to explore whether first time or they'll come out more often just because of that. Well, one of the worst bottlenecks in Calgary was that uh, 14th Street, right? Yes. Oof. So, not that we're a traffic show, but (laughs) if you are going (laughs) to a garden center, (laughs) yeah, if if you are going to a garden center, it does make a difference. But even for our crews and stuff, like I know Mark and, and talking with the landscaping and the pruning guys, with Luke, with his crew, like. It'll yeah. make a big difference for us getting around town to our different job sites and different things. So um, it's just nice to see our city progressing in some positive ways because it's sure. uh, we've been in that bottleneck for a long time. Mm-hmm. For sure. So um, speaking of that, seeds have arrived. Seeds have arrived. They're here. Yeah. I can't stop looking at them. It's like a new book. You know, <laughs> and and uh, you know Jessica's excited. Um, they're going to bring us some African violet seeds. So I know she, Jessica was quite excited about that. Yeah, she's super stoked. She's got some good ideas. I think we shouldn't share them yet. We have to keep them for surprises. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because we yeah. we're going to do some classes and some different fun stuff throughout the throughout the fall. And uh, and I believe Chris will be jumping in and helping out the team with some of those as well. Mm-hmm. So looking looking forward to to what you guys have in store for all of us um, going into the new year. And I've kind of stepped back a bit and I said, well, "You guys come up with some stuff." So I, I I'm nice. looking forward to seeing what's what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, well, we got we're gonna surprise you too, Merle. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I wanna I wanna attend. I wanna learn something. Okay. Okay. Uh, Challenge it, it, accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the seeds are back. And one of the things um, Jess mentioned to me to to remind people is a lot of people were looking for clover seeds last year. And so now yeah. they're, ba- they're back in already. So if anybody wanted to grab some, come on in. Yeah, if you want to get that. And that's similar to what we talked about earlier, like that supply chain. Yeah. Some seeds, yeah. we've been fortunate. Our Canadian suppliers, we've been, except for some of those ones that become really popular that you really want. Sometimes those ones have become short supply. But for like the most specific, part, like a specific veggie or something, or which, yeah, yeah, like like peppers and some of those ones were some of them were hard to come by last year. Mm-hmm. So, but I would definitely, if you see something, um, grab it, um, especially yeah. in the seeds. Like you said, we got uh, we got those clover in stock right now. But in mid early spring, early summer, um, they tend to. Um, disappear quite quickly because people hear it on here or whatever and then they're good yeah do you remember last year this yeah a year from a year ago um the seeds i couldn't believe how people were buying them and i know it's kind of it's kind of strange times right now and so people don't you know that's part of it and then i think the other part of it is people are getting super interested in in doing like working harder at their gardening and 
starting things from scratch and starting them earlier because we have such a short growing season. So by the handfuls, people were buying them last year. And uh, quite a few calls here, or not calls, Jen. Uh, we got quite a few texts. And uh, but if you like to call or text um, 403-974-8255, I'm going to read a couple texts. Additional animal you had in the store this summer was our polecat ferret dragon. What? Oh, yeah. Remember they brought the ferret in? I don't think I got to see the ferret. Did I? I don't think I think I missed that one. I think I do remember hearing about it though. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Uh, So they brought the polecat in. Um, which hmm. is pretty cool, and Super I'm getting a cool. few. Getting a few. Uh, what do I got here? Oh, the Grinch. Someone just sent me a picture of the Grinch. Oh. He's in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then my the uh, and in uh, our in our go away gnome. <laughs> I, oh, you got a picture of that? Somebody sent that. Yeah, in? someone yeah. sent me the the go away gnome, Love it. which says you do have excellent merchandise. So <laughs> yeah, it's popular that um, one. And then our good friends uh, Reva and Brian out at Belly Acres, they sent me a picture of uh, some Blue Jays. And nice. Yeah. One one of the six Blue Jays hanging out at Belly Acres. So thanks to Brian and Reva. Oh, they, lucky. They call in quite a bit, and they come in to visit us as well. Nice. And they did text in last week, says, we highly recommend the Fungus Nat Tea available mm-hmm. at Spruce It Up. And that's our Mosquito Dunk Tea that we um, have available that you can buy the, I guess we could call it a, a tea pod <laughs> that you oh. can add to your, huh? Put a little string on it, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. I like, I like crush where you're it going up into with a Keurig. Yeah, we'll crush oh. it up into a Keurig, oh, get rid of all the fungus. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, stranger things. Actually, you know what? There's a, there's an idea. And I'm, hey, I'm giving away all my million dollar ideas here, but <laughs> someone could create a fertilizer that's in a pod that to mm-hmm. fill up your water jug automatically. You know, you just have a little thing, run it through, it dilutes it to whatever strength and goes into oh, your water thing. I get it. I, and yeah. I think that is a key one too, diluting it to whatever strength, because that is one of the questions too we get. Just like you do on your curry, you have the different yeah. size things you <laughs> yeah. want. You just hit the button. I want it real strong or I want it. That's, so, you know, if someone's listening and does that, don't forget to cut me in. Love um, it. Love it. Yeah, patented right here just now. So there we go. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. And I got another great text here. It says, I have this wonderful Hoya that bloomed from May to September for the last what? couple of years. It seems to be getting root bound again, but it isn't a huge pot. Do I take it out and create smaller plants or just leave it? Will this cause it not to bloom? So this is a big Hoya. It is, mm. it gets massive, Jen. So is that one that you guys would pull out and split up or would yeah. you just leave it in a pot? I, I think if it's that, I don't know how old it is. I know you mentioned that it has been blooming the last two years from May to September, I believe. But Yeah, this um, one looks probably at least 10 years old. Yeah, and I think, it, you know, we often talk about it too, refreshing it with some fresh soil, some you know new growing medium and get it in a in a new pot would be a great idea and I think splitting it up absolutely is a super idea to do. Um, yeah, and this one the- lots of like it has lots of long stuff, so it would definitely a trim. Lucky. Yeah, you could uh, do some propagation with it quite easily. Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And maybe even if you want to get into a bigger stand so you can enjoy the height of it um, would be kind of cool as well. I love but those. But that being said, we got to take a quick break. 
You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire. She's down in the garden center, and I'm at home. I'm sitting in my office, and I did get a a quick text here from Wendy. Um, says, good morning, Merle. Just tuned into your show. I thought you were on vacation. I, I got excited, right. and I think I, uh, I, I said I was leaving a little bit earlier than I was. Um, but I do, I do head out yet yeah, for the next couple of weeks after today. Um, I will be on vacation, but, um, and she goes, I had called you guys. I'd shared with a picture of my apple tree. I hung suet mm. in it. And I'm wondering if the little woodpeckers or sap suckers are damaging the tree. When I look at this one, Wendy, I, I, I honestly believe you had either a deer got in there or porcupine. Um, porcupines love to get in the middle of trees and they just chew the bark right off it. Oh, and geez. this is, uh, and they just, and a lot of times they love going in and, and on spruce trees. And it's, it's so devastating to a spruce tree. You get a porcupine, they get in the middle of the spruce tree cause you can't see them right. Jen in the middle, um, yeah. they hide in there and they just eat the bark right off the center of the trunk and then all of a sudden the tree just dies, and then you can see all the damage after That's that. Awful, yeah. Yeah, and you don't like to see um, our trees get killed, and you don't want to. So if you <laughs> – who wants to go and poke a porcupine out of oh, a tree? Oh, I know. <laughs> it's so funny how many we have. Um, I used to live yeah. a little bit closer to the ridge, and I would walk them – my dogs, actually, in the middle of the night going out to go to the bathroom, and one came in with quills. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. we – yeah, I see them quite often. I uh, live down in Cranston, driving up the hill. They'll be just walking along the pathway or down by the river. We'll see uh, a porcupine cruising around. So mm-hmm. they are out there, and they but they do love. So honestly, Wendy, I, I think that just the damage that I'm seeing is a little heavier than what I think a bird would do because you got mm-hmm. a little bit of gnawing going on. And I don't think – so either a deer got in there or I'd almost say it has to be a porcupine of some sort. Um, for for sure. So would Bobex work on a porcupine? I, I think it would. If yeah. it would, because it would taste like, but you just soak your bark. Yeah, you spray the bark really good, yeah. and uh, and do that. And I think definitely it would work. It seems to they they cover nicing in Canada, and the only benefit with our government making it harder to register things is that we get kind of the best product because. With Bobex down in the states, they have different levels of potency um, depending on what critter they're trying to um, deter. But in Canada, they kind of give us the the full full meal deal spray because it, it this costs much to register um, any of your mm. pesticides or anything like that for plants. Yeah, that the Bobex that we do have is it covers sort of the full gamut. So, yeah, definitely if you have porcupines, I would spray the trunk of your tree. Um, even if you have mice, rabbits, all that right now, um, when it warms up this week, get out and spray Bobex on all of your trees and shrubs if you live in those areas. If you, if you have apple trees or anything like that, pull the bark away from the trunk as well on your trees because the mice will get up into them and they'll chew the bark off underneath the snow. So if you are going to pile snow up to your tree, yeah, they work it like a parkade, 
gen. Like, so if the really? snow is piled up against the trunk, they just use that and they crawl up and they just eat all the bark off the off the trunk of the tree. And then when the snow melts, all of a sudden all your bark is gone and then your tree just dies. Oh, so, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So not not good. So, no, not good at all. So, so if either you spray, if you sprayed it, Merle, the Bobex now, will, yeah. how long will that last? It usually lasts about a month to two months, depending on how much moisture we get. Yeah. If we get lots of rain. In the winter, it lasts a lot longer because we're not sure. getting like the the rain to wash it off. Um, hmm. But I would, especially this week when it's nice and warm, I would get out, pull the snow away from my trunks, spray the trunks of your trees. And if you live in some of the neighbors where there's lots of rabbits, even putting up a little bit of wire barrier, things like that, mm-hmm. so we can live cohesive with with uh, with our nature friends, hey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a couple more texts I got. It says, good morning, guys. Are mosquito dunks good for houseplant bugs, those little black flying things? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they are. That's what we were saying. That's the... Exactly that's them. The, yep. yep. Fungus gnat tea is made with the mosquito dunk, and we have it in these little individual bags, which is a lot less expensive than having to buy the bigger packs. Um, we mm-hmm. buy them in bulk, and we split them up for you into individual. And then we, you guys have created a nice little uh, information sheet that you have in the bag to yeah. explain how to do the the tea. And uh, so we set you all up so you're ready to go. I think they're four ninety nine or something like that. So Something like that. Yeah, it's super, super uncomplicated. We don't want to make your life more difficult. And it does really, really help. And one of those... Mosquito dunk pucks or tea bags or whatever you want to call it, Merle. That lasted me. Um, I didn't break it up. I know. I think Jessica does break it up, or sometimes she's recommended that. It one way or the other, it doesn't matter. Mine lasted three months. It just starts to decompose in the water. So. Oh wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And where are we at for time? Actually, I probably got to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Jen Lemire. And I do got a quick text, and then we will go to the phone lines. It says, hi, good morning. I love listening to you, but I'm too nervous to call in. I'm wondering <laughs> I'm wondering if you could help me figure out what or how to go forward with my hyacinth. It has been in a dark, coolish closet since about May of last year when it's finished blooming. I left the closet door open for a while, and this what started to happen. My fear is that it's too soon and that mm. if I let it continue to grow, it'll be too cold outside when I need to put it out there. I can't leave it inside because it gets so late. So I close <laughs> it. It's just starting. So our hyacinths are starting to sprout up. Mm-hmm. You can try and keep it dormant. Keep it in the coolest, darkest place you got. And and it'll stay tight like that. Or bring it out. Put it into a sunny spot. Water it. it you've gone through that dormant period. And you can definitely... Um, let it take off and enjoy some color 
um, in your house, smell. and then by the time, yeah. if you want to let it go dormant again, by spring, you could probably plant them outside again. But I, 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 I love those kind of things when even when you do them inside, because it's just mm-hmm. like I'm oh. kind of regretting my amaryllis. It, it is actually <laughs> perfect right now. Oh. Like, and then I'm having to leave it though, right? Because I'm heading oh, out. Oh, right. You're, yeah. Maybe I'll bring it to the garden center today. You guys can enjoy it. And Love it that. is honestly stunning. It's the red dragon and it's gorgeous. But honestly, I, so you can either that stick it in the coolest, darkest spot you got, maybe down in the basement or somewhere or back in the closet and, uh, and leave it for a while. But uh, it's almost just ready to pop. Like you're getting that good little green growth coming out the top. Right. Bring it out water it put it into a full sun and enjoy that highest and like because it they do great when it's sort of this cooler shorter days there's enough light to get them going if it gets too hot in the summer hyacinths they kind of they come up and get spent right away it's sort of like a tulip like they don't do well in the heat like they love those cool nights shorter days they get enough thing they come up do their thing they stay shorter and crisper if that makes any kind of sense so <laughs> What do you think, Jen? Uh, I think I think that's great advice. I'm, I'm go for the hyacinth. I love those things. Oh, I like any kind of spring plant, but the smell, the scent, so beautiful. Yeah, very fragrant, eh? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, and we're going to bring John up on the line. Good morning, John. John, uh, how are you this morning? Good, good. How are you doing, John? Good, thanks. I have a uh, seasonal campsite down by Mountain View. Yeah. And it's in a it's in a, like a trembling aspen type uh, forest, right? Yeah. So in between in between the trailers, there's lots of room to uh, plant stuff. And I'm looking to put some kind of a ground cover or like a wild strawberry or something like that to replace all the thorny stuff that's in there. Yeah. So I'm just wondering. And so this is the type of situation we're there every weekend, so we can't, don't water during the week. So what can you recommend? I think you're on the right track. Like even some of the strawberries would do really quite well. Is there lots of sun though? Like if 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 it's in amongst oh, all the trees, it's um it's I would say fifty fifty. Like the trembling aspens don't give you a lot of shade because they're kind of like the way they grow. The, the the canopy's up a little high and they're not real thick and bushy like other types of trees, right? So yeah. I would say you get you know it's it's a fifty fifty mix of sun and shade. Yeah, the the only issue i would say if you start if you want to do some fruit stuff is that you're going to get a lot of critters coming in and so unless you want to create like raised beds and some sort of barrier so if you plant strawberries and things like that chances of them being there when you get there on the weekend i think throughout the week the weekday buffet will be uh eaten up yeah it's uh i I guess it's more of an ornamental thing right as opposed to yeah if there's a few if there's a few left for the granddaughter on the weekend, that's fine. But um, yeah, you might want to go to more of a I, shrub type thing then, like even like nanking cherries or oh, or okay. or even Bear the berry. carmine jewel, like any of the different cherry bushes that you can get. Okay, yeah. And do they grow fairly fast, or how many years before you? Uh, no, well, you get them into decent size. If you start with the shrubs, you'll have fruit within the first year or so. Like, how far is your oh. cabin away? Uh, down by Waterton, basically okay. halfway between right. Waterton and Garden. So again, you're, it's going to be a little bit cooler as well. So you might even yeah. want to go to gooseberries, haskup berries, oh. raspberries. Okay. Yeah. Actually, raspberries would be a good one. 
Yeah, my neighbor grows raspberries, but the deer kind of eat those pretty good. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Anytime you put any of this kind of stuff, yeah. um, you, you will be getting... Um, and, Company. Yeah. Yep. And, and they're going to uh, flourish on that. So, like I said, unless you do a bit of a raised thing or in some pots or something... Um, yep. Then you'll have the more success, and the unfortunate thing—they'll chew all the foliage too because it's it's new and tasty. Like there could be stuff all over the forest, but you put something right. new, it's just like us, right? With something. Hey, look at that! Yeah, like yeah, I have a fridge have full of food, but you still go out, right? Yeah, we have tons of Saskatoons there, so that's kind of nice. But we yeah. like to get something on the ground too, just to just to replace that undergrowth that's there. Like, yeah, I think I'd go try and maybe just do some different perennials and stuff. So maybe some, eat like even hostas, ferns. Like um, ferns oh, yeah. would do yeah. really well down there. You could do some of those fiddlehead right. ferns. They would do awesome. And try and create okay. a little bit more of a foresty thing. And I think that would create something a little bit nicer for you. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, John. Bye, John. You bet. Take, take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. I got to take a quick break and for the news, and then we'll come back. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's partly cloudy and minus 23 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Tenants of the Westview Heights apartment tower in downtown Calgary are still wondering when they can return home. Flooding issues last month forced hundreds of residents to evacuate when pipes burst and power failed in the building. AJ Naru with Mayflower Ventures, the building's management company, says it is difficult to set a date for their return. I know that tenants want to, to hear a definitive date. Uh, the problem is that it just takes one little setback uh, and, and you're back to trying to figure out how long you're going to be back in. Nauru says the abrupt change in temperature can lead to troubles as pipes that are currently frozen start to thaw and burst. With over 40,000 active COVID-19 cases in the province, the number of people hospitalized with the virus is expected to rise dramatically in the next few weeks. A photo leaked online of the AHS early warning system maps out three scenarios. There could be as few as 950 people in hospital or more than 1,500. AHS says in a statement they are planning for all possibilities to ensure care for all patients can be given. Plans are in place to increase acute care capacity with appropriate staffing and resources. Meanwhile, Alberta students are heading back to the classroom tomorrow, but school districts are concerned about whether or not there will be enough teachers available to work this week as Omicron cases surge across the province. Education Minister Adriana LaGrange confirmed last week that schools will open on Monday, but said school districts can stay flexible and transition individual classes to online learning if there are staff shortages. Schools are expecting rapid tests and medical grade masks to arrive this week for students and staff. Several salad products are being recalled over listeria contamination. Global's Courtney Davidson has the details. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says eight varieties of Dole salads and five from President's Choice are included in the recall. All have best before dates of either January 8th or 9th. The products were sold at stores across the country and should be either thrown out or returned to their place of purchase. So far, there have been no reports of any illnesses being linked to the salads. Listeria contamination can cause vomiting, fever, muscle aches, severe headaches, and in rare cases, even death. 
Courtney Davidson, Global News. A First Nation in Alberta says the province won't recognize an arrangement for the community to take control of its own child welfare, made possible by federal legislation. The Louis Bull Tribe says it's been nearly three months since the law was supposed to come into effect, but the executive director of the tribe's Child Welfare Society says Alberta is not cooperating. Children's Services Minister Rebecca Schultz says in a statement that an agreement is critical to ensure there are no service gaps and children are not put at risk. She says her department will work with the tribe to deliver services until an arrangement is reached. NASA's James Webb Space Telescope has fully deployed, opening the array of 18 mirrors it will use to capture images from deep space and the distant past. Mission controllers remotely unfolded the last section of the telescope into its final form yesterday. Operations project scientist Jane Rigby says they'll now start aligning sections of the 6.5 meter mirror to be able to take images. It's like we have 18 mirrors that are right now little prima donnas all doing their own thing, singing their own tune in whatever key they're in, and we have to make them work like a chorus. Webb should reach its destination 1.6 million kilometers away in another two weeks. It's already more than 1 million kilometers from Earth since its Christmas Day launch. In sports, Novak Djokovic will get his day in court tomorrow in a deportation case that has polarized opinions and elicited heartfelt support for the world number one tennis player in his native Serbia. Australian immigration lawyer Christopher Levingston says he thinks Djokovic will lose and the court will side with the minister. All the minister has to show is that he was satisfied on a reasonable basis that the entry of Mr Djokovic into Australia would not, could not, or might not pose a risk to the wider Australian community. Djokovic had his visa cancelled last week after Australian borders, border officials ruled he didn't meet the criteria for an exemption to an entry requirement that all non-citizens be fully vaccinated for COVID-19. A mix of sun and cloud reaching a high of minus one today, a few clouds overnight with a low of minus three, sunny tomorrow with a high of five degrees. It's minus 23 at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire. And Jen, we do have mm-hmm. a guest that has joined us. We have, yes. We're going to have Jenny Purcell, and she is from the Cowrie Bonsai Society. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Jenny. How are you doing, Jenny? Hi, it's nice to meet you. Yes, yeah, so you, you're you're a frequent flyer down at Spruce It Up, and uh, you're chatting <laughs> <I know>. with <laughs> you're chatting with Jen yesterday, and then all of a sudden here you are joining us on our on our show. Let's talk gardening. So I really appreciate it. And you you were part of the Calgary Bonsai Society, Alberta Bonsai Society. Oh, Alberta Bonsai. We don't have bonsai. a Calgary based bonsai society. Just an Alberta one. There's not. Unfortunately, there's not enough people. <laughs> go big or go home, right? Just do all of oh, Alberta. Yeah. And <laughs> absolutely. So maybe give us a little bit of what happens uh, down at the at the Bonsai Society or, or kind of give us some idea what goes on and what can people expect if they want to join? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's all online right now, uh, as everything yeah. is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, like a, we have an active... Uh, Facebook group where where people kind of come in like these are my trees these are my problems 
a lot of the uh, a lot of the more senior bonsai keepers help out the newbies. Um, we also have monthly bonsai Zoom meetings for the society. Um, every month we have a little educational piece about how to keep bonsai in Alberta, which is. I'm sure you know keeping anything in Alberta is uh, <laughs> a bit of a challenge. True, <laughs> yeah, no. absolutely no exception. <laughs> um, we do have fact, a lot heard... of the young, younger generation do love bonsais. We get a lot of our young guys and that that work on our landscape crews and stuff. They mm-hmm. after work they go wander through the greenhouse and they they're the ones buying a lot of the bonsai. So you you're attracting that a different. Very younger demographic. I I find it at the store, anyways. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of young people coming into bonsai right now, and it's uh, it's 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 really taking off during COVID. I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm sure everyone's picked up a new uh, COVID hobby <laughs> or two. Uh, True. And bonsai is no exception. Um, actually, we're seeing surges of people all over the world joining bonsai. Um, uh, in fact, in like the early 2000s, bonsai was almost almost extinct. Even a bunch of the very hmm. famous bonsai nurseries in Japan were were kind of looking down the barrel of bankruptcy for a little while. But uh, well, you, you know, and and you're true, Jenny, because um, we've even seen it like with seeds, bulbs, a lot of things were just driving way down, and uh, and this. And that's so of a positive COVID. I think it's really brought people back to living their lives hopefully a little bit at home too, and oh, doing yeah. some different things, like bon- like bonsai and growing, seed gardening, biking, like all these things that were kind of dwindling. We were getting stuck in front of our computers before, until you get locked up, and then you realize, hey, actually, I do like living now that they took it away from me. I kind of want to do that. Like it's kind of crazy that it pushed it that way, but it's good. Like hopefully we all realize that now, and we can continue on with this type of trend. And so, like, so bonsai. And so, if I have a a, a plant at home, is there what what are the top five varieties or something that you'd want to use to bonsai? Well, um, well, I I like to say that you know you should turn whatever. You should find whatever brings your soul joy and then try to turn that into a bonsai. Um, for most people, unfortunately, whatever brings your soul joy is usually something extremely difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the people who are good at bonsai are, are good because they've killed a lot of trees. You learn, it's a, it's a, it's a hobby where you learn the hard way. A bonsai mm-hmm. master has probably killed more trees than you ever owned in your whole life. So it's, what is the definition? So if someone, like, what is bonsai, like, then? Bonsai is literally just keeping any tree in a dwarf, in, like, in kind of a, a dwarfed, in a dwarfed profile, a dwarfed size in a small pot. And you can do that with almost hmm. any tree. You can do that with a juniper plant. You can do that with, you know, like a big oak tree or a spruce tree. Anything, like really anything that you Actually, want. There's uh, very few trees. That I have some baby lemons that I started from seed. Maybe I'll bonsai a lemon, and that would be kind of cool if it gets like six, six inches high and ends oh, up yeah. with three big lemons on it. <laughs> lemon trees are a popular bonsai. Uh, a lot of people okay. look forward to when uh, the, the nurseries get their, their citrus trees in and they buy a few 
or the intention of bonsaiing. Huh. Citrus trees so, grow a little slowly, though, so it takes a few years. But so, so what you're trying to do is you restrict the root system, so having them in a smaller pot, mm-hmm. and then um, just and then just the technique of different pruning and. Yep, uh, most bonsai indoor bonsai, you usually you prune them back as they grow. They'll send out like a six-inch shoot of growth in the growing season. You cut that back, and every two years, this is key. About about every few years, you have to take it out of the pot cut back the roots substantially and then put it back in its pot and allow it to grow. Because once, uh, you know, the way that they control growth is hormonal. So they want to grow, they want to grow everywhere at once. They're growing, they're growing new shoots, they're growing new roots, all usually all at the same time. So if they run out of space in the pot to grow, they'll stop pushing out growth on the top too. So suddenly your tree won't be growing anymore and you'll know like, oh, time to repot this guy and so as long as the roots have room to grow you'll see growth up on the top and that's kind of the secret to bonsai you you keep them in these tiny tiny pots but because there's the roots are always able to grow more you'll you'll see more growth up top so you get these really old you senior looking plants uh that just look you know old and gnarly but in these tiny tiny pots and they're thriving Hmm. Yeah, so no, that makes sense because that's similar to what, what Jen and I we were talking last week about transplanting plants. They get so root bound and they need it. But so if you really wanted to keep a pot, a plant in the same root or in the same pot, if you you could kind of go in, pull it out of the existing pot, do a good root pruning, and repot it back into the same pot. If you if you just didn't want to give up on that pot, and that would be a form of of root bonsai for your existing plant if you wanted to do something like that or mm-hmm. that's a good opportunity to start on bonsai if you have a, a really root bound plant that yeah. uh, that you're looking to to do that um so what type of like what's your i find the juniper one sometimes a little bit harder in calgary just because yes. of the dryness mm-hmm. um i i think uh for for in so in bonsai we usually classify things as indoor outdoor bonsai for a beginner bonsai person i always recommend indoor it's so much easier just because for outdoor bonsai you need to figure out where to put that thing in the winter you can't just leave it outside you need to either get a cold frame a heated greenhouse you need to have a full dormancy room in your house or you need to rig out part of your garage to be a little mini greenhouse and it's a big undertaking for the beginner that's you know not not even really sure what what the greenhouse should look like yet there, there is a guy in northeast calgary that is doing his front yard trees He's out there pruning them all the time and keeps them really contained. He has them about five feet high, so they're not true, like really, really small. But he has them very contained and and shaped into bonsai shapes. Um, with his existing, he's doing it with spruce trees, um, regular outdoor growing trees in Calgary. He's oh, doing yeah. it in his backyard with the uh, uh, prairie hardy trees and i'd like to find out i have to go cruising again i was going out on a landscape consult and i driving by this guy and he had this thing on his thing so i stopped and looked and uh but i gotta figure out exactly where that is again if anybody knows maybe uh, send me uh send me a picture or a contact and we'll see if we can get him on the show but so i, I see what you're saying so um how often do you prune your your bonsai 
Um, for outdoor trees, usually it's a seasonal thing, like uh, like really early summer, and then again in midsummer. Um, it's species specific for your indoor trees. Usually, it's just as they grow, kind of uh, like oh, this shoot's too long, cut that one back now. It's it's a very, you know. There is no hard and fast rule of exactly when things need to be pruned. It's very much a, I'm ready to sit down and prune my trees. I had a, <laughs> I had a day today. I'm going to cut some trees. It's, it's really, for, trees are forgiving when you want to prune them. Um, there's very few that have hard and strict rules, like they must be pruned right now. That's yeah, uh, so- when you get into your like Japanese maples and stuff, a very strict timing. Yeah, because then, because like some of those, they still need to go through their dormant periods, right? Depending on what varieties you're using. Yeah, most trees, even indoor trees, a lot of them still need a a bit of indoor dormancy. Thankfully, they don't need to be dormant for very long. I know when we think of dormancy, we think of our long winters or it's you know six months of the year almost. But a lot of uh, a lot of bonsai trees really only need about two months of dormancy, and it doesn't have to be you know, very serious. Like a lot of trees, um, very popular ones like jade plants or elephant trees, like they, you just don't need to, just don't water them as often for two months and that's just fine for them. And that's considered dormant. So they don't need to drop all their leaves and go totally no. dormant. No, a lot of trees, a lot of our more, the more popular indoor bonsai trees, Doing dormancy is just you know I right, put them put them a little closer to the cool window maybe and just water them a little less for two months. Um, okay. There's exceptions to that though. Um, rosemary, I think rosemary is a very beautiful indoor bonsai. It's like I, I'm sure when you see it in the springtime at the greenhouses, it looks beautiful, looks lush, but it actually takes on this very 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 old bark very quickly and in one year's time you could have an almost ancient looking bonsai an indoor bonsai just sitting on your kitchen counter if you wanted to they need a I lot think of I had stuff. that when I think I had that when mine dried up on my f- counter and I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just dead I'll call it a bonsai um, hey Jenny we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and do a few more questions for you after that if you can hang out with us for a little bit awesome yeah Okay, all right, we're all going to just take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire from Spruce It Up down at the Garden Center. And we have Jenny, and she is from the Alberta chapter of the Bonsai Society. So welcome back, ladies. Thank and, you. All right. I think Jen Jen has a couple of questions for you, maybe, Jenny, on, on Bonsai. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Jenny, I love listening to you talk about it. Um, you, I love your passion. It's it's really cool to listen to. Um, what I was wondering is when people come in and they're looking for a bonsai gift for somebody, is there is there something that you would, would recommend for, so for example, the beginner and then for the expert that maybe more garden centers carrier that we could bring in? I, for, for beginners, I love the ficuses. 
Um, not necessarily the ginseng spices, you know, those are the ones that you see at, you know, the grocery store and uh, Ikea sometimes, the big fat booties and then the little round green leaves. <laughs> yeah. There are many different kinds of ficuses. There's a uh, ficus nerofolia, the narrow leaf ficus, yeah. which has beautiful willow-like leaves and they're so easy. They're a dream to take care of. Um, there's trees like uh, um, the elephant I think it's called the elephant tree. It's a type of jade. It's got these tiny little jade leaves, and they make these beautiful. You almost have to do nothing. They almost want to grow like a bonsai just on themselves. Huh. And they're great for beginners. Like jade plants are very low maintenance. They they'll, they'll they'll tolerate a lot of different conditions in your house, and they're okay. very they're very beautiful. Um, other easy things that there's a lot of easy trees that are very difficult to get in Alberta just because right. we don't have very many bonsai people and the only people that want them are people that want to buy these things for bonsai and that's things like Chinese elm. Chinese elm, it's just an elm but it's an elm you can grow in your house. It's almost, it's one of those trees, it's almost like the spider plant of, uh, oh, really? of bonsai trees. It's if you killed a Chinese elm, you know, you know, <laughs> they're like, you know, that's just impressive. You know, <laughs> they're very, very hardy. <laughs> that's good to know. So you can be good at you can be good at several things, I suppose. Um, yeah, because you and I talked about the Chinese elm yesterday, and then you mentioned the nerofolia, which we do have in. I think we have two left. So, do they go into dormancy at all during the winter, or does any bonsai? So the narrowfolias, that's one where you just don't water them as much um, because they're a tropical plant and they're from an area where, you know, it's it's basically always hot. And when you need to put them into dormancy, it's more of a dry season versus wet season kind of climate. So their dormancy is more of a, hey, there's less water. um, (laughs) Okay. And then they pick up on that pretty quick. Okay. And then... um, Um, and the elephant trees and jade plants are the exact same way. Right. Um, once you start getting into more medium difficulty plants, so medium difficulty trees, those are the ones that start needing different kinds of, like, real cold dormancies. And that's usually that's usually the kicker for people. Like, most, most beginners are either going to lose their tree um, attempting and failing to put it into dormancy or mm. repotting. So dormancy, or repotting. Yeah, oh. actually, it's repotting. Um, repot. I lost most of my, when I first started doing bonsai when I was thirteen. I think I lost my first five trees doing a oh. repot. Why? Well, you know, uh, fortunately, it's not the big problem that it used to be. Um, now things like YouTube exist where you can just right. go online and you can watch. But I just had my stack of bonsai books, and um, I'm looking at these, you know, poorly translated from Japanese descriptions of how to do this. And I've got my scissors and my chopsticks, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Aww. And, uh, you know, I absolutely destroyed those plants. Um, so okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised <laughs> that all of them died. Um, but nowadays, you can you can watch, you can actually watch bonsai masters on on YouTube, exactly what they do, and I, a lot of people are, are finding it easier to repot. Fewer people. There's, there's still. I still see the odd person on 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 the Bonsai Society Facebook page that posts tree after they repot, and it's 
and hmm. it's kind of iffy, but a lot of people are finding a lot more success these days in bonsai than, you know, typically you used to find. Okay. So what about, um, and another question I was thinking too, a lot of people like to give them as gifts and people are still figuring this out. What would you um, recommend for tools? What do people need right off the hop for tools or do they need any? Um, I, right off the bat, I think you need some kind of scissors or some sort of pruning shear that can just prune the branches. Okay. Um, for some trees, you know, with really, really fine foliage, like, um, I know this summer there were lots of pomegranates everywhere. You can just cut those with your house scissors or any kind of, you know, gardening shear. You don't necessarily need to buy the expensive bonsai tools right off the bat. Most bonsai hobbyists just kind of accumulate them over time. Like, I've got, okay. I've got three containers full of bonsai tools and I didn't I've never bought more than one bonsai tool at a time though. It's just okay. accumulate as as the project requires it. But um chopsticks for repotting and some kind yeah. of scissor you can use on the root when repotting. And um of course you'll always need bonsai soil. Bonsai soil is huge. A lot of bonsai do not thrive in just your regular garden soil. A lot of them do because they're in a tiny, tiny pot. They need a special soil mixture. That's the hardest part here in Alberta. Right. Is the soil quite coarse or is it a more soil base? Or is it quite barky and sort of like that so chunky soil? In bonsai, we, we have to actually have a lot of specialty bonsai soils. Um, what is called akadama, it's almost, it almost looks like very, very big pieces of, uh, like, kind of like a reddish brown kitty litter. And it's, it's a clay that absorbs water and each granule, it doesn't get mushy like kitty litter, but each granule will absorb water so that, I and mean, this is great because the roots will grow into the granules, which are always moist, but because it's big granules with big spaces around them, the roots also have, always have access to air. Okay. Because I know a lot of houseplants, when you're using something like ProMix, you know, you water it and all of the roots are soaked. And that's why you got to let it dry in between watering. So like you don't just keep your tree constantly wet when it's in something like ProMix. It needs to be wet and then dry. But with bonsai soils, with using this uh, akadama or um, pumice. Pumice is a really great thing. Um, just those big bags of nice rounded pieces of pumice, you know, small sizes, big sizes, depends on how big your tree is. Most people have small bonsai, so they want that really nice small, small, uh, I, I, guess I think you guys sell it in almost, it looks like a, like a freezer bag. Yeah, <laughs> we have it in the will grow, in our will grow products. We have a couple of the orchid, and I mean, sorry, uh, the, <laughs> bonsai mix stuff that you can use in that. And yeah. Jenny, is there a website where people can have a look at the at the Alberta Bonsai Society or just yeah. Google that? So or? we have a website, um, www.albertabonsaisociety.com. Um, it's, uh, it's a website that uh, I've thrown up over COVID. Um, we didn't used to have a website <laughs> before COVID. It's not completely finished. But uh, mostly we're active on our Facebook page, which is just the Alberta Bonsai Society on Facebook. Anyone that's interested in joining can just join the Facebook page. Um, all of our meetings are free. Um, we don't make money from people being in the society. We don't charge money to be in the society. What we charge money for is to come to physical events. Like uh, if you wanted to come to a class, that's what costs okay. money. That's where we make our money. Okay, um, awesome. 
Well, Jenny, we got to take a break now. But anyway, thank you so much for taking time thank out of your Sunday you. and joining us. And yeah, uh, I'm Thanks sure we'll see me. you roaming around, and we'll definitely be in touch again and uh, and seeing what we can uh, hopefully maybe hook up with you guys somehow with the Bonsai Society. Maybe we can create an event down at Spruce Up or something and uh, oh, awesome. bring you guys in. That would be pretty fun. So thanks again. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. And I got to take a quick break um, for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's partly cloudy and minus 22 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Scientists and other participants in Alberta's oil sands monitoring program told a survey conducted last summer that the program is hampered by lack of overall direction, poor communication, and a $50 million funding cap that hasn't increased in a decade. The internal government survey suggests Alberta doesn't have a good grasp of the overall environmental impacts of the oil sands. Health experts say the dismissal of the Omicron COVID variant as mild puts millions of people at risk. Palliative care physician Dr. Amit Aria says there isn't enough known about the virus's long-term consequences, so it is completely inaccurate to call Omicron mild. A mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus one today. Clouds and minus five overnight, sunny and five degrees tomorrow. It's minus 22. Breaking news when it happens, our next update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's trusted year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered and welcome back, Jen. Thank you, thank you. Wasn't that, that awesome, was a Merle? that was a good uh, that was a good interview, and uh, that was very well done by Jenny. Oh, and I thank her so much. That was fantastic. Yeah, no, and and any of these little groups, and I know there's a couple other ones that, in the next couple months, that uh, we should definitely get in touch with Winston with the African Violet Society mm-hmm. and uh, Brian. Rittenhouse, and he's not Rittenhouse, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of the other kid down there. That was bad. Brian, uh, it's something like that. His name's, sorry, can't think of it right now. That, it's bad when the news gets in your head. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a statement. Um, I can't, I can't. Um, anyway, anyways, yes. yes, Rotten Fusser is his name. Brian Rotten, he's with the Rose Society. And, uh, so definitely over the next uh, couple of weeks when I'm back, we'll we'll get in touch with a few of these different societies around Calgary and Alberta awesome. and, and bring them in and chat with us. So um, let's look into that, Jen, and we'll set up a couple people when we're back. You bet. And uh, that should be kind of fun and, yeah. and give a little bit of exposure to that. And, but there is a girl with some passion, right? Like you, you said it, you <laughs> hear it in her voice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, and that's what I noticed too. I mean, I chatted with her and her husband for a long time. They come in all the time and, and, um, but you know, get her talking about trees and obviously specifically bonsai. It's unbelievable to listen to her talk. It's fantastic. So engaging. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And if anybody wants to join us, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. Um, we're happy to take your calls over the next half hour. And we do have, Bill on the line. Good morning, Bill. 
Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Uh, over the last number of years, we've uh, uh, put out our uh, pots in the yard with canna lilies. And they're beautiful. They, they mm. grow large and they're very colorful. Um, but we didn't know much about them. So at the end of every season, we'd just uh, empty the bins and get rid of them. And uh, we learned this past season that they could be wintered. So we uh, dug them out wrapped them in paper and put them in bags and put them in a cold room. So I think we're going in the right direction, right? Absolutely. Okay. What do we do and when do we do it, like to repot them and get them ready for the next growing season? So, uh, you kind of wait until March. It depends how much room you have, um, Bill. And because then you Lots can – Okay. And if you have a good sunny spot, sort of March mm -hmm. 1st, I'd bring them out, um, put them into, a, into, the, into your garden pots – and if you use them soil, you can plant them in the center. And then when you want to add your other petunias and other stuff, if you do that, um, you can add. But then you're going to end up with those nice big um, canna lilies in the season like you'll see in some of those big planters and, and when you go to Kelowna or different areas where you get that little bit longer growing season. So Yeah, excellent. So that would be plant them, stick them in a front inside in a front window facing the yeah, sun. Yeah, bright spot, in, in brightest spot sometime. you can get. Yep, mm -hmm. start feeding them 15, 30, 15. Um, we got to make okay. sure that we build up the phosphate into that bulbs. And then okay. when you're growing your canna lilies throughout the season, the most important thing is just deadheading. Sort of when the flowers start fading and start turning a little bit brown, I prune them off right away. And But you just got to be careful because a lot of times there's two stems coming out of one right beside it. So I always just pull the first one out, cut it off, and there's usually one or two that come out of each stem. Yes, that's uh, that's my wife's job, and she's really good at it. We had, uh, this past season, they were just great. And, and it was just because of the fact that somebody came by and said how nice they were. You know, you can reuse those bulbs, uh, you know, over and over and so here we are. Yeah, so a lot of the summer bulbs that we plant, like gladiolas um, and like canna lilies, things like that, dahlias, you can dig them up. Usually it's best if you let them go through their first frost, mm -hmm. and that just sort of sig signals them to go into dormancy. Yeah, and that's then exactly what we did, yeah. Perfect, because they they take no frost at all. Like basically, I know, like I I grow them in. I call it my hummingbird mix. I have the big <laughs> yellow or orange canna lilies, and then the vermilion air around the bottom, and mm. the hummingbirds mm. go from the canna lilies down to the vermilion air, and they just they love it. So, um, but as soon as I had that early frost, it's unfortunate they don't take any frost. So if you can keep an eye on that and cover them or or bring them in you can still get some extra time out of them but right after that frost bring them in do what you did and you should be totally fine as long as they stay dry and cool over the winter um when you pull that up bill you should be totally good yeah they're they're fine we've got uh they're in the garage wrapped in paper in a paper bag in a box and the garage is heated but it's uh, these days it's not even that warm out there but you know it's it's a nice cool room Yep, you should be totally fine. Yeah, just Perfect. maybe just check it in a bit. Like if it's been a couple of months, right? Just maybe open one up just to make sure it's not mushy or anything. And mm -hmm. if it's just fine, just put it back and and keep it in that spot, and away you go. Perfect. Well, thanks very much. Glad it was easy right. to catch you. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm glad you called. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. -bye. That's uh, and those are good things, Jen. Eh? Because then. Mm -hmm. 
as you do that, you're going to get bigger and bigger bulbs. I know like the dahlia bulbs, I've done that in the past where you just save them from year to year uh-huh. and then you can split them up. And But when you do that, like with those dinner plate dahlias, you can end up oh. with just some massive bulbs. Crazy. And the flowers, like last year, last season, the size that we had in here, oof, so good. Absolutely. And those are the kind of things that you want to do, like we call the the thrillers, spillers, and fillers. Yeah. Like if you can get those thrillers, your big centerpieces, like some sort of tropical foliage, ferns, different things like that. It just it can take you, you go into your backyard, it kind of takes you on your little mini vacation. And some of them are a little bit pricier at the beginning, like even a Japanese maple. I know Jenny was talking about that. Uh, we use them lots in the in our centerpieces, but you think it's pretty reasonable. It gives you 90 days or more of entertainment and enjoyment mm-hmm. outside on your balcony. And uh, you can spend that in, uh, on a nice bottle of wine pretty easily, and that's gone in half hour. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think, Merle. Yeah, yeah. you're right. No, but, but you're so right, yeah. Buy a little cheaper wine, spend a little bit more on the plant, and then it all works out. It all works and, out, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, I guess, and that's sort of the trend that we are seeing, and 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 very similar to what Jenny was saying. Like we're seeing it with the bonsai societies, the hort societies. A lot of these are really being rejuvenated, which is such a good thing, because as humans, we we want to live, right? We want to get out. So this is Absolutely. all really good stuff. Like people are getting out. They're getting back to the roots. We're not just stuck on the screen. We're out doing things. And we've been very fortunate being in the garden center business. We've been able to Have we ever yeah. gone through this. And 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 we don't forget that. Like we we all realize that at work and that we're we're fortunate and uh, that we're we're able to work with people and provide this type of service and and you get to meet all kinds of great people like Jenny and whoever else comes through mm-hmm. the door. Oh god. And so many. Uh, yeah, I got actually the the one with that cat with the with the, chicken? the name. No, this is a oh. different one. This is Dragon. This is the ferret. Sorry. Oh sorry. I'm all excited yeah, about all yeah, the Yeah, she sent me a yet. picture of it out and actually I'll see if I can send this to you. Okay. Um she they took him out walking in the forest. It looks amazing. Like they're in these, they're in these little dwarf spruce trees, and they have this little ferret. It is the awesome looking <laughs> cool. thing. Actually, I, I can do this. I can save these pictures, so I'll, cool. I'll save them and I'll send them over to you. Okay. But um, this is pretty awesome when 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 and we get to meet all those kinds of people that do this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it makes it lots of fun. A Renee, did I take my forty break, or do I need to take a break? Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we can take your calls four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And again, if you'd like to join us for the last segment here, we'll have 10 minutes or so to answer any questions that you might have. Uh, 403-974-8255. Uh, we did have a text earlier um, asking about the, the color of the year. 
and it is oh. called Very Perry. Yeah, and it's kind of a purpley kind of color, purpley blue kind of mm-hmm. color. Um, <laughs> do you have any um, thoughts where of what pe- what we could do to provide that color into your garden there, Jen, or what? Oh my goodness! I know. You know what, Merle? <laughs> I trying to get into annual and perennial and shrub brain. It's it's so funny coming off of tropicals. So I did some digging around, um, and I forgot. Like, of course, there's something like delphinium would be one, for example. Yeah. Um, there's uh, the bush clematis. I think it's bluebird or blue bluebird. I think it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Russian sage, depending on some of them are going to be a little more purple. Some of them are going to be a little more blue. And I believe the color is supposed to lean more to the blue, kind of with a purple, you know, purple tint to it. Um, right. Baptisia, the, the, uh, indigo, um, false indigo that has a beautiful color that way. Um, yeah, even almost the Jack Manny, um, the clematis. Yeah. Is yep. close to that color. It's probably a little bit darker, but close. Also, there's the one sky blue petunia. Oh, totally. There's petunia. There's I don't know which one specifically. I'd have to look at the variety. Calabricoa comes in those colors as well. Um, what about hydrangea? So hydrangea, for us here in Alberta, it's not blue, is it? No. Ours no. are always the pink and white. We can't get the blue ones. We can do the blue ones as an annual. Right. Um but not um, they won't survive here. There's that one that's called uh, ever blooming or something. The plant will survive, but I call it never bloom again because it, it, <laughs> <laughs> our supplier keeps trying to name. sell it to me. Never yeah, it keeps again. trying to sell. Yeah, never bloom again. Oh my <laughs> yeah, it's Let's perfect. If it, it comes <laughs> up as a, as a plant. I think we do have a caller on there. Okay. Um. I think, Renee, was it Tony? Yes, that's right. Hi, Tony. Hi. Hi, good morning. Hi, how can we help you? Good. I have a couple of questions. Like, you know, before the cold set in, I was noticing this year a lot of pill bugs in my yard, and they made into the garage, and I was always finding a few, you know, crawling around in the garage. And so what's the best way to deal with these? And secondly... I, can, I guess, can they get into your home uh, and cause problems? Do they look like little beetles and they kind of have a V on the back kind of thing? Like a, I think it's a type of cinch bug. Like, And we do have a residual spray that you can use. It's, it's on the Dr. Doom um, okay. brand, and you can spray it. And they, they spray it around all your crevices uh, where it comes into the house. And then on the outside, they usually come in on the south side because they like the warm wall south oh. or west where the sun is. And right. that's typically where you'll see them. And like, they don't really do any harm, but they can no. get I've, – I've seen somewhere they end up getting quite a bit if you leave them. So it's good to deal with it. And that Dr. Doom spray works pretty good. Okay. Yeah, they, they look like, uh, you know, like a pill basically. And they, I think they're yep. called pill bugs or roly-polies. Roly-polies, yeah. And they have yeah. two antenna on their head, right? There's two kind of. Yep. Okay. So, so that the Doctor Doom will deal with that because get get the one that has the residual. Okay. Um, you you and, carry that? Yes, we do. Okay. My second question is: I've had some, you know, this intermittent kind of bowl uh, holes in the yard. You know, they have dug tunnels under the sidewalk. So, what's the best way to deal with these guys? Okay. And are you getting like little piles of dirt in the summertime? 
sometimes I see like last year wasn't bad, but uh, this year I saw some. They, you know, they they make those kind of tracks or tunnels in the grass to cut the grass. Yeah, so that that usually happens. You mean over the winter time, and then in the spring, um, there's not a lot. Like you can you can set out the like we have the bait traps. It has the green poison, a little block in it, and they're sealed up. You can put those around the perimeter, and that will help get rid of them that way. The main thing is to cut your grass a little bit shorter going into wintertime. Okay. And, and then if you're using our fertilizer, if you use the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer, it'll recover from that really quickly because um, okay. what they've done is they've cut the, the roots off. But if you're using our good fertilizer with the high middle number, um, yeah. Your grass will recover way quicker, and you put a little bit of soil in those tunnel areas, rake it out really good, put a little bit of soil, a little bit of grass seed. But And if you're using our fertilizer, it recovers really quickly. Like they'll, Those tunnels will be gone in no time. Okay, so basically Dr. Doom and green it up. Yeah, and that should fix it. And then just keep your grass a little bit shorter on your last mowing because okay. that's sort of what they like. They like that in the wintertime when we get the snow cover. Yeah. They can hide from the predators. They can hide from the coyotes, the owls, and the hawks. And they can just tunnel around in your yard in their own yeah. little world underneath there. No one sees them. So, Okay. Thank you, sir. All righty. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Yeah. And that's, I guess, this coming week, Jen, I think it's a good week to um, for us all to maybe spend a bit of time in the yard, look at some of those um, precautions we can do to help save um, your trees, your shrubs, your grass, and uh, and some of those things. Like, because this is sort of when the animals are going to come out as well, right? They've been mm-hmm. they don't like it when it's minus thirty five or minus fifty either. Oh right? my heavens! Yeah, of course they don't. And well, yeah. so so we're going to see a bunch of those guys coming out, and they're going to be looking for something to eat and things like that. So. Um, if you have some grasses and stuff, if they have Carl Forrest, everyone eat that kind of stuff. Who cares? It's good. Let them eat it. <laughs> and but other than that, your trees and shrubs, but you, uh-huh. we want to protect them, eh? Like so, get out, spray some bobex, put some stucco wire. We do carry the wildlife wire, and we have the really fine, like with the really tiny squares. So that way, if you want to protect them from the mice, you can put that around the trunk of your trees just to protect oh, them nice. for. For the winter time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, awesome. All right. I- and, and we do have a caller. We're just going to pull up Diane. Sorry, Jen. That's okay. Hi, hi, Diane. Hi, Merle. Hi. How I can we help you? I a question about. Uh, I'm able to get a little bit of aged horse manure. Okay. What kind of plants is it good for? It's it's actually a great soil amendment. Um, just with any of the manures, you just got to be careful not to use too much of it. Um, so if you mix in like 20% um, into your soil, like into an area, um, that's lots. Like it, it works great. It's a really good fertilizer. We use that in our – we have a mix that uh, a gentleman gets it off the racetrack. He ages it, mixes it into a blend for us, and we call it the Green It Up Soil Enhancer. Okay. And we've had really good luck with it. We've uh, put it into some gardens and seeing really good results. And the horse manure has a really good, well-balanced um, trace elements in it as well. So it, it's it's actually a, quite a good fertilizer. Oh, okay. All right, then. Thank you. Yeah, so just watch <laughs> you don't mix too much of it, though. Like that's like with any of the manures. Sometimes you yeah. will go too heavy. 
But if it's good and aged, um, mix it in. It's even better like next fall, like mix it in this spring, mix in some, put a couple inches over and just mix it into the soil. But then next fall, you could put two or three inches okay. and just mix it in and leave it over top because then it kind of soaks in over the winter and then you can mix it in first thing in the spring, and then that becomes your soil amendment on and your, can on that your be yearly used basis. For flowers as well? Absolutely. Loves it. Yeah. Perfect. Flowers. Yep. No, it's a good, well balanced. Um, it's a good organic matter, adds that good coarseness, and uh, it, it, it's good for your soil. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. You're welcome. Have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, Diane. You too. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah, and and I guess those guys. I guess we can start getting prepared. But we were talking about just for pests and different things. Um, what you want to look for um, out in your yard at this time, Jen, and what what can you, what else can we do to protect um, your trees and shrubs that you've invested lots of money in, and mm-hmm. you want them. You don't want them all chewed up um, first thing in the spring. No, you probably not a good idea. I can't no. wait. I can't wait. I can't believe we're talking about spring and all these things coming up and plants and seeds and it's nuts. Here we are. It comes it comes so fast, like January 9th. And before you know it, like I said, we're back. We'll be February. The days are getting longer already. Yes. And uh, we're, we're in garden season. Like I said, it's just so nice seeing the, the seeds out again. Um, not that I don't like the Christmas gnomes. They're great. Yeah. But <laughs> I do prefer seeing seeds and and start doing the plants. I know we got a few herbs coming in. We do. Uh, and and, mm-hmm. and it's just that is sort of what what starts happen. We get this year round gardening going in Calgary and and uh and then we can have lots of fun and and uh, and sharing that with everybody. So keep an eye on our social media. Um mm-hmm. Jen and the crew down there got a bunch of good stuff coming up on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all that fun stuff and our website as well. And uh, I think we're done for today, Jen. Thanks again. <laughs> thanks, Earl. We'll see you in a couple weeks. And thanks for everybody for listening in. And we'll get our garden on right here. Well, you'll be here with the guys from Greenland next couple weeks. And then we'll be back um, in a couple weeks. So thanks again. Till then, good gardening. Take care. <laughs>